Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Oh, wait. <laughs> Welcome to Points in the Paint Podcast, everybody. Stadium's NBA podcast. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I am Zach Bazard House in the house. Happy New Year. Zach, you have a good New Year? It was pretty solid, you know, a little drinking, a little here and there, you know, cheers As to one does. Here. You know, you feel me? So nothing too crazy. I appreciate the fact that I was coming into a new year, birthday around the corner. So we feeling pretty good. There we go. New year, really, but, but honestly, man, new year don't really start to my birthday coming. My, for me, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, when, the, cause it's in January, my birthday in January. I'm saying the new year don't really spring around for me until my birthday. <laughs> It's good to have a January birthday because January can be a pretty sad month with it being the end of the holidays and it's cold and it's gray and it gets and dark early. <laughs> but now you got a birthday coming up. You got something to look forward to. It's a lot of fun. We'll have to celebrate it on the podcast. Maybe I could send over a, uh, a little birthday cake or something your way. A little basketball oh, yeah. shaped birthday cake, something like that. <laughs> Cupcake or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a fun show. Lots to talk about. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Points Paint. Zach set up a whole YouTube channel, so we got to see our pretty little faces on YouTube. We got Facebook, uh, Instagram. So we are everywhere that you may find anyone on social media. You can find us on anywhere you get your podcasts. It's a new year, 2022. We got fun goals. NBA's ramping up. We're going to have the NBA playoffs in a couple of months. So lots of fun to be had with this show, Zach. And of course, we have the, uh, Voicemail line, you can give us a call, 773-273-9088. We can do a prompt where what's uh, what's your New Year's resolution for your team? What do you want your team yes. to accomplish in 2022? So so give us your thoughts on your team, what you want your team to accomplish, because it could be this year, but then don't forget, the NBA season also starts again by the end of this year. So something maybe you want your team to do in the off season or at the start of next season, 773-273-9088. But let's get to one big thing of the OBT. week. OBT. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. OBT, something that we liked this week, something that we saw this week. And can I just start it out with the Chicago Bulls? Because I oh, know, man. I don't know if it's people are getting sick and tired of me talking about the Chicago Chicago Bulls. I don't know if it's becoming a they dumb thing be. or a dumb bit. Nah, but they I'm are <laughs> they're the number one team in the Eastern Conference, Zach. They are numero uno. They are playing incredible basketball right now and they're not even completely fully 100 percent healthy they've won eight games in a row you know what Ben? something that we touched on today during work with our good friend cam and he brought it to my attention the idea that they did this stretch of games 
where and then two two things from the Bulls. Number one, that road trip where they go out on the road and they used to struggle on that road trip. You know, they call it what the circus. Well, what is it called? Yeah, the, the circus, circus trip. Yeah, <laughs> the circus you go out west trip. When the circus comes yeah. into town. Mm-hmm. And so you know they handle business with that trip number one. But then COVID hit the team, health and safety protocols been, and they were able to still keep afloat, to pick up the right pieces, to glue together to keep this team winning basketball games. Now guys are starting to slowly come back from health and safety protocols being, and in the midst of that, you got an eight-game winning streak, a team yeah. that shoots the fewest threes but has the highest clip to make them. So that's super impressive. DeMar DeRozan, of course, is a stud, has to be considered for MVP. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm rolling with with the Chicago Bulls, man. Pretty fun team. Number one, baby. I love it. I love it. And we talked about last week, if you listen to the podcast, DeMar DeRozan should be at least considered to be an MVP candidate. Mm -hmm. And he has made, since then, he has made an even bigger case for himself to be the MVP. Back-to-back. Game winners. It's never been done in the history of the entire National Basketball Association. No player has ever hit game winners on back-to-back days. Larry Bird hit them in back-to-back games, but they were not on consecutive days. So, so, yeah, DeMar DeRozan doing something completely special, completely unique, winning games for this Bulls team that was shorthanded. Now, you could say, and you could make the argument, that maybe they shouldn't have had to have game winners against teams like the Pacers or teams like the Wizards, but they're shorthanded. They were on the road. It was during the New Year's time. You know, some players go out, have some fun. I get it. That's fair. But they came to play. DeMar DeRozan came and uh, helped them win. And Kobe White, man, and I tweeted this out, and you responded to me because I want to hear your thought on this, but I am really starting to turn in favor of Kobe White. And earlier on, you know, when we were talking in late November, early December, Mm -hmm. I was saying how Kobe – you know, he struggled. He had COVID to start the year. He'd been in and out of the lineup with some injuries. Didn't seem like he maybe would fit with the future of the Bulls, especially with the way Io was playing. It's kind of like a, a carbon oh copy God, of, of Kobe. <laughs> but here we are. It's January 4th, January 5th. And I'm sitting here and saying the Chicago Bulls should hold on to Kobe White because he has come to play. His defense has improved. His shot selection has improved. He's not turning it over like he used to. He's being more careful with the ball. He just looks like a more complete energized player, which I think is good for the Bulls because he's kind of the player that they expected him to be at this point in his career. Well, that just only means one thing, right? That he's developing. You know, he he's is. developing into a, into a better player. And then not only that, it's like I told you on Twitter, he's only he was he's only 21 years of age. You know, there's so much room left for Kobe White to continue to grow. You know, they picked him up in the first round, you know, believing that he was going to be, you know, one of the franchise guys to, you know, possibly lead this team. And now that may not be the case. You know, Lonzo Ball is holding it down at the point guard position. But that does not mean he can't make an impact coming off the bench as the 100%. sixth or seventh man. And when it comes down to it, rotation-wise down the stretch, we know Caruso will be in the game for defensive purposes. You know, we know we're going to have Lonzo in the game, DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Vooch. That seems to be the core that they're going to put out in front down the stretch of close games with uh, competitive opponents. Now, as far as Kobe White, he has to be able to accept that role to be the sixth, seventh, and then they kind of have a sticky situation too, being with Io, Caruso, yep. and Kobe White, though that three core uh, for the guard position, and so that's something that they're going to have to look at. 
in the future for the Bulls, but that sounds to me like a good situation. It has, and he's been getting increased minutes because of Lonzo and because of Caruso being out. And in the last four games, he has played over 30 minutes each game. He scored, he had two games in a row where he scored 20 points. He's been shooting incredibly efficiently. He's been hitting the three point ball. He was six for seven against the Pacers from three. DeRozan said without Kobe White, they do not win that game against the Pacers. And DeRozan hit the game winner. So he is complimenting Kobe White's play because he played phenomenal basketball. So all, all the pieces are lining up. And the good thing is here, and we talk about him being a sixth man. But you can see with increased volume in minutes, his ability goes up. You know, you'll see some guys who are perennial bench players. They get more minutes and their play doesn't increase. Maybe it even decreases a little because they're playing more minutes and getting a higher volume of shot chances. Well, Kobe White, he's getting more minutes. He's hitting, getting more points. He's shooting better. He's shooting better from three. Everything is lining up to look good for him. So I don't know if he's going to be a starter for the Bulls. Maybe he'll be a starter for another team if the Bulls still don't see value in him. But clearly he is their sixth man. He should be their number one sixth man coming off the bench. Um, I know Caruso is a great defender. And if you're not going to start Caruso, it's going to be a fight between Kobe or Caruso to be the first one off the bench. But you really can't Mm -hmm. go wrong with either. And I just love to see the development that Kobe White has had so far this season. And again, you said this on Twitter Mm -hmm. when I talked about the Bulls keeping him. He's 21. He turns 22 in mid-February. So he's an early 20s player who's already showing really good development. That's what you like to see. I love it. So I'm happy about the Bulls, Zach. First place in the East. The Nets, who we'll talk about in a second, playing poorly. So they've kind of lost their ability in the standings. They're now two games back of the Bulls. The Bulls have a pretty solid lead in the East. The Bucks right there, two games back as well. But it's the Bulls division or the Bulls conference right now in the East. Ooh, look how he said it. Number one. He said it's the Bulls conference. Okay. Top of the mountain. I love it. So I'm I'm excited. The Bulls teams, they look good. The fact that they went 5-0. and with Billy Donovan out, they had an interim head coach, and Chris Fleming coached the team. He went five and zero as a coach. They went five and zero without Caruso and and uh, Lonzo Ball. It's looking good. This is a team that looks good. Maybe they need one more piece here and there. Maybe get a wing player trade deadline, but it looks good. I'm excited. Um, one big thing for you. Sorry, time to talk about the me. awards. Mm, my, I mean, my one big thing is the NBA awards. And how it's so wide open. So I want to see who's going to start honing in on, you know, who's up for the awards, right? The candidates, I want to see them hone up and really show us, you know, that they deserve the the awards that they're up for. So like MVP, we know that it's Steph, KD, Giannis, DeMar DeRozan, you know, just to name a few guys for that award. Defensively, you know, it's looking like Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green. Want to see who's really going to be able to separate themselves from these awards, including guys like, you know, even the Rookie of the Year award. You know, because I feel like that was is kind of close being, you know, I um yeah. Scotty Barnes, and then you got one Evan of the guys Mobley, I'm going to be talking obviously. about. Yeah, you got Barnes, Mobley, and then I'm going to be talking about this other one in Franz Wagner. And, and then I'm going to be talking about another one. <laughs> We're talking about rookies today. This week is yes. all about rookies. But that rookie of the year case is going to be really tight, I think, mm-hmm. in the coming. Because it looks like a lot of these rookies, too. It was Mobley who started out strong, and there's always that rookie that really doesn't have any transition time who just plays well right off the bat. But now we're seeing more of these rookies kind of find themselves, and it's early enough that if they play really well, they can push Mobley a little bit, I think, for that rookie of the year. 
They can push Mobley. You got Jalen Green coming back, and he's playing well a little bit. But yeah. they got, like, some sticky situations going on down there in Houston, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> they do have a sticky that. situation. But, you know, the other guys, too, even Kay Cunningham, they got a solid yeah. win. Huge underdogs. Huge underdogs, Detroit Pistons. Kay Cunningham, Jeremiah Grant, they go out there and beat the Milwaukee Bucks. But Kay Cunningham leading that team as a young Bucks looks like he may end up leading that team for a while because with the trade rumors with Jeremiah Grant. So we'll see what's going to happen with that. But, man, so far, these those four rookies, four or five rookies, man, you got Wagner out there. You got Josh Giddy out there. You got Evan Mobley. You know, that's for the rookie of the year. Most improved, you got Tyler Hero can be up for it. I saw mm-hmm. someone really, really say this though. DeMar I know who you're going to say. To improve. That's yeah. I'm like, no, they Vooch went, Vooch slid right on in there, and he said, I think he meant to say valuable, and I think he meant to say valuable too, Vooch. Yeah, Demar Derozan <laughs> is so good that you can't say he's most improved this year. His most improved is playing at an MVP level, so you can't <laughs> you can't say Demar Derozan has just improved this year. He's improved to the spot of being an MVP candidate, even Coach of the Year. Right. You know, you mentioned Monty Williams for the Suns, Steve Kerr, and even Billy Donovan for the Bulls. I think it's going to be a pretty tight race between a couple you coaches. Make a case for Billy D. Yeah, you he's coaching the number one team in the East. Billy D. Yes, a team that so, was not competitive last year. <laughs> so yes, yes, hundred percent. And this is, you know, it's the new year, twenty twenty two. They're going to name all these awards in twenty twenty two. So you might as well start talking about. Some of these awards and kind of see where mm-hmm. some people leave it out. Let's do dunk or deny, buy or sell. This is our version of buy or sell if you're new to the podcast. Dunking on things we like, denying things we don't like. I am going to dunk on one of those rookies that we mentioned, the Orlando Magic's own Franz Wagner. I hope okay, I'm pronouncing like him? his last name right. Okay, you feel what he's doing really so far? Liking. I watched him. I have not, granted, I have not seen him play in person with my own eyes on the television a ton this season. But the games that I have watched him in, he's fearless. The guy, the guy is fearless. He's a young guy. He's 20 years old. Yeah. From Germany. He, he plays aggressive basketball, uh, which makes sense because I believe, you know, he played at Michigan. I think he played a little bit overseas, you know, as a young kid as well where it's a little bit more of an aggressive style of basketball. But he's got no fear. He's got no fear attacking the basket. He's a, he's a decent, okay shooter. He's not a high-volume three-point shooter or anything like that. But he'll have his days where he'll shoot 61 65% from the field. He's just an aggressive player. He's he's scoring at high volumes. He had a 38-point game against the Bucks. He, he's keeping the Orlando Magic somewhat competitive. He's averaging 16 points a game. You know, he's just playing well, <laughs> and the Magic are covering. The Magic are covering, which A, shows that the market is undervaluing them a lot, and B, they're covering a big reason is because of Franz Wagner and what he's been able to do offensively for this team. I've just been really impressed with what he has been able to do. And to see him play a full, complete game against the Bulls and to, and to see what he brings, he's been impressive. Yeah, he's he was, in the beginning – he was, I won't say average, but he was kind of just coasting along a little bit, Franz Wagner. Yes. But then, like, December came, 
And yeah, like late up. November came and he started to ball. He started yeah. producing more 20 point games. He started getting uh, attacking the basket more instead of settling for just threes. And they just started giving him kind of the green light too as well and kind of putting the offense through Franz, you know, and, and not to get me wrong, we know that's not a good team, but to see, you know, some of their young guys develop more and more confidence and be in games and come close to beating the first place Chicago Bulls when you see something like that. Yeah. Make, you get, you get, as a coach, it's going to get give you, uh, get your hopes up for sure. Yeah. No. So he's been, he's someone to keep an eye on. I don't know if he wins rookie of the year, but he's if he keeps playing this way, he's been averaging team. 20 points a game in his last 10. You know, if he keeps these numbers up, if they even increase 22, 23 points a game, which why not? It's the magic. They're not really competing for anything. It's just an opportunity for the young guys to develop. He'll, he'll, his name will show up in some of these rookie of the year conversations. Um, what are you dunking on? I'm, I'm impressed by this. I don't know if anybody saw the outing between the Brooklyn Nets. And Philadelphia 76ers, but let me tell you, at the end of that game, but <laughs> by the way, Joel Embiid with the 34 and the 7 and the win over the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Bye-bye. We'll see you later. After the game, yeah, Joel did all that. He's waving bye-bye to KD. KD's doing it, too. They talked about it a little bit after the game. And, you know, if anybody's watched, and KD kind of alluded to this, too, but I've noticed it before as well. When they play each other, Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid, there's always some trash talking, like, engagement. But I, th- but it comes out of, like, respect for each other's yeah, game. Yeah, they so, don't actually you know, it, hate each other. Yeah, so like when they come out and they play the way that they did both, because they both performed very well. However, Joel Embiid just got the dub. That was just all that, you know, 110-102 victory. You know, that's that's what transpired. And Harden and KD, they can buy for like 66 points. They both had like 33 being, but it was not enough. And Joel made sure to tell KD all about it after the game. And it kind of just brings a new level of intensity for the NBA, man. That's something that we all want to see. Yeah, you want a rivalry like that. And I think Joel Embiid, too, he is the type of guy who thinks he is better than most players. So he's fine <laughs> with trash-talking them and just just being kind of a dick to them. But with, with Durant, I think he's one of those players that Joel's like, all right, Durant may be just as good, if not better than me. Not better, yeah. So, so he trash-talks him, but it kind of comes from a place of more respect than he has for some of the other guys that he plays against. Because I think he recognizes Durant is like one of those few players in the league that's actually – a little bit better than Embiid. So it's fun to see them going back and forth because they were jawing at each other like towards the end of that game. And then once the game's over, they're waving to each other, kind of, you know, crap talking each other. But then Mm -hmm. they're like, it's all good. It's all in good fun. You don't have to get, you know, in the middle of us. We're, we're just having fun. We respect each other. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see that type of relationship between the two because they, they can, they're going to go at each other. You know, if these two teams play in the playoffs, which highly likely they probably will, um, at this point, honestly, actually, if the playoffs started today, oh, the Nets would just be playing the Wizards. They, they're one spot away from playing the 76ers. So an MV Durant <laughs> playoff series would be the most fun. Without question. Now, speaking of Durant, speaking of Katie, Durantula, easy money sniper. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you going to be denying, sir? Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> Brooklyn oh Nets. I'm out on the Brooklyn Nets first. right now. I'm not first. gonna. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying that they are the worst team in the NBA. But what I'm saying, Zach, is they are a little overhyped, and they're fully healthy for the most part, minus Kyrie, of course. 
but you still got Kevin Durant. You still got James Harden. You still got Patty Mills. You lost three in a row. You lost three games in a row in games where you were heavily favored to win mm. as well. They lose to the 76ers. They lose by eight to the 76ers. Lose by four to the Clippers. And they lose and to the Clippers. Hold on. Let's stop on that one. The Clippers didn't have Paul George, I don't believe. No. I don't think they had Paul George in that game. I don't no think they might, matter, matter of fact, I don't think they had, they might not have had Reggie Jackson in that game. They had no Paul George. They had Reggie Jackson, but they didn't have Marcus Morris. Okay, there you go. Even a better player than Reggie Jackson. So <laughs> they they lost by four to a shorthanded Clippers team, and the Nets were at home on this one. And they had Durant. They had Harden. They had Patty Mills. They had LaMarcus Aldridge. They had these guys, and they lost the game by, by four at home. Then they turn around, and on Monday, they lose to the Grizzlies at home by a significant portion. They lose them by 14 points to the Grizzlies, who are on a back-to-back. And we're and we're like eight point underdogs. And I'm watching that game and I'm saying to myself, why can't they get a basket? Because it was just at a point in time where the Nets just couldn't get yeah. a basket in that game. And you got it. Desmond, you got Desmond Bain, who we've talked about, and he might have to be considered for a most improved player of the year, Desmond Bain, because he's playing lights out. But they let him, not they in particular, James Harden allowed Desmond Bain to just go out there and score almost 30 points, 28 points. And then you, you see what Ja do. You saw the yeah. dunk. I know you saw the dunk. 36 <laughs> points for Ja, absolutely ending the life of the Brooklyn Nets. I just think, honestly, and this is this is my take, and I don't have the statistics to back it up, but I don't think Harden and Durant have the best of on-court chemistry. I really don't. I, I still don't think they have figured out how to play efficient offenses when they're both on the court. They'll run a pick and roll together, and, and they know when to pass it to each other for the most part, but it's not smooth basketball. It's very forced, and I think they're okay with letting each other kind of do their solo one-on-one hero basketball, but that's not good offense, and you're probably, if you do that in the long run, over the long run, you're not going to win games that way, let alone playoff series when the defense ramps up and teams figure stuff out very quickly. I just don't know if Durant and Harden and maybe Kyrie coming back is going to fix that dynamic, but I don't think they have the best on-court chemistry when they are the two superstars on the court together. As of late, it kind of looks that way. Um, I know when they were, when they're, when they're clicking together, they're on. Like there's nothing you can do when Harden and Katie are clicking and they were clicking and playing very well in that game I talked about before with Harden and and Katie, you know, combining for 66 points. Mm -hmm. Still at the end of the day though, they got to play some defense. And that's yeah. what it really boils down to. Offensively for them, I don't really have too many worries, man. You know, I feel like, you know, James Harden's going to get his at some point. He's coming along. He's playing better. You know, he's dropped that weight or whatever the case may have been. <laughs> you got KD. KD is Kevin Durant. We know what he's going to do. He's told us time and time again. And, you know, these road games with Kyrie is what's really going to I, that's the sticky situation for me is how yep. is that going to work? You know, playoff time come. And let me ask you this. You think the Brooklyn Nets can win a playoff series with Kyrie Irving only playing? Let's say that, let's say the series goes seven with Kyrie only playing three of those games. You think they can win? That's a tough one. It depends who they're playing. I think they can win most first round games. But once you get to the second round and then you get to the conference finals, you know, I don't know. I've not been impressed with the Nets. I have not been. I was more impressed with the Nets when most of their superstars were out 
than when most of their superstars are in. <laughs> when Patty Mills is the guy on that team, the Nets are good. The Nets are fun. <laughs> they move the ball. And you'll see it when, when like Harden is out of the game and it's only Durant or Durant's out of the game. It's only Harden, kind of less so, though, with Harden. But they move the ball well. They look like the offense is competent. And, and everything kind of flows a little bit more smoothly. So I, I don't know if they're winning or even getting to a conference final if Kyrie's going to be a part-time player, if Durant and Harden aren't going to be able to figure out how to play with each other, and it seems like teams are being able to beat the Nets pretty pretty handily on the road in Brooklyn, too, which is an issue. Yeah, they got some they got some pieces missing in terms of like the bench core who hasn't really been they available. Do. They do, and so I, that that may play a role into it as well. So like health and safety just keeps a lot of these teams, you know, sometimes depending on the week and how, you know, the, the opponent is, keeps them on the downside. Yes. And, you know, the Atlanta Hawks right now, not not to get off topic, but that's another team that's, you know, because of health and safety, they're on the downside right now. They're at the bottom. They're losing games. And now you look at a team like the Nets, another team we talked about last week, even Cleveland. Cleveland's yeah. trying to catch a little of that health and safety and a couple injuries. And now we got to wait and see how they're going to respond to it. We'll see how the Nets respond with this three-game losing streak they're currently on when they play a tougher opponent this week. Yeah, I do want to mention this because I saw this on Twitter. Um, it was from a guy. <laughs> so he's an he's an NBA Twitter. His name is Max on Twitter, at L-I-S-S-M-X-14. But he came out with a data set of yeah. the teams with the most missed games from players who are on the COVID protocols. The Celtics were number one by far. They, in terms of minutes missed... I think it was like over 260 or excuse me, days in COVID protocol was the number. So this is the combined days that players missed on the team by being in COVID protocol. Celtics were number one, 260 days combined at number one. The Jazz were last place at just over 20 days with players missed with COVID. And they just had Joe Engels go into COVID protocols actually today as of this recording on January 4th. But you look at some of these teams, the Nets are the fifth most, four are the sixth most team who's missed time. So they've struggled with that. And the Atlanta Hawks um, are up there as well. They're kind of mid-tier with over 120 games missed. So 20 days missed. So it's been back and forth. A lot of the teams that have struggled recently are because of COVID issues. And you're seeing a lot of the guys been out with COVID. And then a lot of the teams that have been playing decently well to okay have not missed a lot of time with COVID. It's just that simple. This other team... That I'm denying, Ben. They may have some health and safety protocol issues, but they got, got other a lot issues bigger too. Issues. They got some attitude. <laughs> they got some attitude problems and stuff over there. So I'm denying the Houston Rockets, man. They're on like a seven, eight game losing streak right now. It's yeah. not looking too good. No. KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, we had Spencer Davies on. He gave us that elaborate detail about KPJ and how he's actually a you know, good hearted, good player, you know, good heart overall. But he made a tough decision the other night, Ben. He just said, F it. I'm leaving the arena. Now, I ain't yeah. I've never outside of football on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had it twice in a week happen. Twice in a week, man, <laughs> where they just leave the stadium, leave the arena mid game. I'm done. 
And then you got Christian Woods, same thing. He says, I'm not going to play in the second half. I'm not subbing in the game. This is a second-year coach, Steven Silas, having to deal with all of this, Ben, including from last year. It's just an ongoing saga from the Houston Rockets right now, man. Both of those players I mentioned, KPJ and Christian Wood, are, were suspended for a game due to, you know, their conduct and how they reacted to uh, Lucas, a player who used to play for the Bulls. Assisting coach. John Lucas. John yeah. Lucas. You know, he got on them at halftime during the game, and they didn't respond to it very well. And so they, they were suspended things for it. They wanted, to, they wanted to fight him. Mm-hmm. And so it was, wasn't too good. Houston Rockets are not too good. But I'm still rooting for Steven Silas, though. I'm still rooting for it, him. Yeah, it's weird because it seems like the, the Rockets are trying to do the right thing in terms of building a team from the ground up because, yep. you know, they're coming off a, a – a, a team where they were making Western Conference Finals for consecutive years. You know, they were they were right up there with the Warriors. They were right up there with trying to beat the huge Goliath Golden State Warriors with Harden. And, you know, they had Westbrook at points. They had Bledsoe and, you know, Clint Capella. They had a, a firepower of a team. And now they go from that to just all young guys to a terrible team, bottom feeders, going for that first round, for that first pick in the draft. But they have young players, and they were bringing in some young players. Kevin Porter Jr. is one of those guys they took a flyer on. They're like, you know, we'll bring you in. We know you've had issues in the past with with outbursts and issues with the law, but we're going to bring you in. We're going to we're going to hope you do okay here with a bunch of young guys. Clearly hasn't worked, and it's not for the lack of trying for the Houston Rockets. It just kind of sucks to see it shape out this way because Christian Woods, if you look back last year, people had such a high opinion of him. And people were looking at him like he's going to be one of the next big things, going to be one of the next big fours. I think you were one of the guys that was talking about that. And now that's all out the window because of character issues with him, about not even wanting to come into a game after halftime. I mean, what What is that? That's insane to me to think a guy <laughs> who's that young, who's still trying to make an impact in the league with such a bright future. He's like, I'm done. I'm not showing up. I'm not gonna play in the second half that's wild to me and you get it from two players two players in the same game in that was in the same in the same game game. in the same game where they wanted to fight their assistant coach yes it is it's it is ridiculous but um i'm hoping christian wood responds well i did see too he's on the trading block a little bit a little bit Uh, Uh, what about i I said this a couple weeks ago right christian wood i think would be I think he would go really well with the Bulls. I do. You chill out. Don't don't do that. Don't, oh my god! Listen, you, you I think a Christian Woods. Christian oh, don't even Woods, give me hype like that. Don't even give me hype like that. Christian Woods, Vooch, Demar. They they go all the way. They they all the way. They go all the way. <laughs> I, we I had Grant Park with it. <laughs> it would take a couple a couple weeks for them to kind of get used to everybody and and him being in the lineup. But I I think he would be a pretty good fit on that team at the four. Especially gotta, since Patrick Williams is out. Though. But you got to give up something. And what you well, the nice part is, and the nice part is the, the value of him has sunk. It's down. It's gone. So you really don't have to give up as much to the Rockets at this point. You probably do, though, because he is a good player. It's just the character yes. issues, though. It's, yes. it's, the character, it's the character issues as of right now. But he's showing he's a talented player. So so if you're the Rockets, you know, you want some talented players in, in return. So like, GM being put your GM hat on, what you willing to give away? You know, I, the the player that comes to mind is Kobe White, right? He's I already be, knew that, but you might have to give away another one too. <laughs> I know that's that's the problem. It depends what the price is to get Christian Wood. Luckily, his value has plummeted in terms of market value because of his actions and the team saying 
basically saying we're trying to trade him at this point. So they're, they don't have the high ground in these negotiations. So maybe the Bulls come calling, give Kobe in a second round pick. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I'd be super happy with that. I don't know if the Rockets would take it. I don't know what their, what their price is for him. I'm sure it's probably pretty high to start initially, but I think Christian Wood on the Bulls theoretically would be a good fit. Now, would he fit with the culture of unselfishness, <laughs> team first, playing all together? Probably. A winning organization? Probably. You buy in when you win it. You buy in when you win it. You're right. No, you're right. You're right. If he goes <laughs> to the top team in the Eastern Conference, coming from the bottom of the Western Conference, maybe that maybe the attitude That's changes. a whole new motivation. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> I don't know what the trade details. I'll have to like work that out, get in the lab, get in the trade lab, make some trades, see how it all works, and then come back to you next week and and do that out. But I do think maybe Christian Wood would be would be a solid player for the Bulls to go after because they're gonna need they're gonna need a wing guy. You know, people are talking about Harrison Barnes as another one of those players who they may go after at the trade deadline because they're gonna be buyers with the trade deadline. Yeah, with the Sacramento Kings, I think Harrison Barnes would be a, probably a pretty solid get for them. A nice veteran guy, veteran presence throw him out there with the bench group, he would be solid. Um, so there's some players that I'm sure the Bulls are going to be looking at. Um, Christian Wood, though, his price may be a little too high. You, you might be right. Might be a little bit too high of a price. Here's my question, though. Since we just jumped on this trade thing, if you could get a player from the Indiana Pacers and you're the Chicago Bulls, who would you go after? I know I'm just putting you on the spot right now. <laughs> well, any any player from the Pacers, like it doesn't matter their value doesn't, or doesn't matter because you know they're trying to blow it up. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I don't see. I don't know if there's really anyone on that team who that would could get. be a benefit. First, who I could get, but also who would be like a net benefit for what they would have to give up slash what you know, like Sabonis is great. So bonus yeah. is a great player, and I think on on the right team he could be even better. I mean, he's a former All Star, but you know he's kind of like him and Vooch aren't and really Vooch the, is same. the same. Yeah, they're not they're, the they're same, similar. but they are. They take up the same. They're going to be taking up the same space together. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think Sabonis would work. Miles Turner would be all right. Um, I, I think he would out of all the players, you know, like Duarte. I really like, of course, but. The Bulls already kind of have some young guards. That I don't. I don't think they're going to need Duarte too much. Um, Turner would be fine. I think out of all the players, because the Bulls need help rebounding, they need help with shot blocking. Turner could bring that. If if we're just talking about someone on the Pacers, so I, I think it would probably be like a Miles Turner type of player, because I don't think they really need any guard help. The Pacers don't really have any wing players who I want. I don't really want Karis LeVert um, and okay. T.J. Warren's hurt. So. Miles Turner would be the name. If I had to pick someone off the paces, I think it would be Turner. And would you move Vooch to the four then and have Miles play the five? Yes, for some okay. lineups, absolutely. And then I think you could put Vooch at the five in a small ball lineup if the Bulls want to throw that out there because they have had yeah. success small ball, up pace, fast tempo type of thing with Vooch playing the five. But if you do, you know, if you're struggling with rebounding, you're playing a really good rebounding team, you put Vooch at the four. You know, it's not great or perfect, but it can work out. You put Miles at the five. Sure, I can roll with that. That's kosher. I'm good with that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, let's do things we want to see this week. Future. What are what are some things we want to see from the NBA this week? And Zach, the thing I want to see is a healthier league. And we talked about it 
two weeks ago, three weeks ago, with COVID being the issue in the NBA. We had players, multiple players out every single day. They were being announced, you know, an hour before tip-off. This guy, that guy tested positive for COVID, going to be out on the health and safety protocol list. And now it seems like the NBA has kind of been going down that slope a little bit. We're seeing guys come back, fewer players testing positive, and that may be simply because most everyone in the NBA probably has caught COVID (laughs) at this point. So hopefully we're kind of seeing the downfall of that slope in terms of players catching COVID, teams getting back to being fully healthy, less last-minute scratches because of COVID issues. And hopefully for the next three or four months, the immunity will help keep the league relatively healthy. So that's what I want to see, at least in the coming weeks and even down the road in the coming months. I just want the league to be healthy, and I want these players to come back, be fully healthy, have a fully fresh, ready-to-go NBA so we don't have teams that are basically G League teams playing like the best team in the Western Conference, things like that. Yeah, that would be great if, you know, guys could just stay healthy, get the booster, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, no, because the the healthier teams are, the more competitive games are, the better the product is in terms of the NBA, you know, without question. So, yes, we definitely want to see the league become healthier. For me, Ben, I need to see more of Josh Giddy. You hear me? Yeah. 11.7 rebound. Bro, I didn't know he was 6'8. I thought he was like 6'5. Josh Kitty <laughs> listed 6'8, like 200 pounds. You got yeah. the hair flowing. It's the hair. He looks for me, insane. He got it's the Steve Dash hair. hair flowing. He, you know, you know, yeah, well, it's like, to put his hair behind his head. <laughs> it's like if Steve Nash didn't know how to handle his hair, is what Josh Kitty's hair looks like. Okay. <laughs> But the 11.7 boards, six assists, just filling up the stat sheet already as a rookie. That's something that, you know, you want to see. And if his in-between game can just continue to improve, he work on his three-point shot because that's something where he struggles in. They got a future backcourt out there at OKC if SGA, Shot Gilders, Alexander decides he wants to stay. And that's a big backcourt, six, eight, point guard, Josh Giddy. Then you got the, the wing, six, one. six, and SGA yeah. on the other side. Ooh. Well, that's pretty nice. They just got to continue to develop. Now, we know OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder, is a franchise that can be known for developing talent. You know, they develop yeah. KD, James Harden, Russell, Russell Westbrook, uh, uh, what's his name? Serge uh, Steven Adams, Serge Ibaka. They've developed plenty of guys in that organization. So these two could definitely be the next guys up, uh, SGA and Josh Giddy, if they keep yeah. this up. I mean, even Lou Dort, no, he's not going to be a superstar, but he'll be a good contributor at points. Mm-hmm. And also OKC has a thousand draft picks in the next three years, <laughs> first rounders. So they're going to be building even more from the NBA draft. So their future is pretty bright. But yeah, Josh Giddy, 19 years old, youngest player in NBA history to get a triple double, getting it against the Mavericks, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 14 assists. The guy's going to be good. You can get a triple double yes. in the NBA when you're 19 years old. Yeah, You're right. doing something good. Yeah. <laughs> doing something you gotta right. You got to look at it like this, too. I mean, who was the last person to have the youngest as a triple-double ever? We talked about that last season. It was LaMelo Ball. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks to be doing all right. So I think the future will be bright for Josh Giddy. Yeah, he's a, he's going to be a fun player to watch. If you ever have a chance to watch OKC games, they can be rough. But Josh Giddy's a, a fun guy to watch. Stat of the week. One, two, three, four, 
five. <laughs> we got Ooh. two two stats stat high of the week. What's uh, what's the first one? Oh, we got fifty five zero, as in the fifty burger, as yeah. in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Let me get fifty chicken nuggets, not forty nine, not forty eight. But yep. we ain't talking Giannis. We talking Boston Celtics own Jalen Brown, fifty point performance on nineteen and twenty nine shooting five of ten from deep, going crazy, Ben. He was shooting lights out, and they won the yeah. game. And that game was close, Ben. The game was close. Went to OT. They needed every bucket from Jalen Brown. Fifty points, ten rebound. That is the third time that has ever happened in Celtics history. Joining his teammate Jason Tatum, and none other than Larry Legend. Larry Bird. Yeah. The Jays have been fun to watch for Boston. They just need a little <laughs> bit of help. Like J- Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. It's a great one-two punch for the Celtics. It really is. They just need the help around him. But Brown's been great, especially when Jalen, Jason Tatum has been off. Brown plays really wow. well. Mm-hmm. He's three-pointers consistently. He scores. He's a good player when, when Jason Tatum isn't around. Another guy, too, scoring a 50-burger. 56. Yes. None other than Trey Young. Ice trade a gang. <laughs> and they lost, too. He scored 56 yeah, was, against the Trailblazers without Dame or CJ. I was sick. I was, I wasn't too happy because I was, I was watching the game. I was watching both games. I watched one game on the wall thanks to the, uh, the teleprompter. I always call it the teleprompter, even though it's not a teleprompter. <laughs> But because I was watching one there and watching one on my and watching the other game on my TV, I look over. It's the third quarter and Trey Young has like thirty points. I'm like, oh, yeah. he's in for a treat. But you know, you want to know who rained on Trey's parade? Anthony yeah. Simons. He yeah, forty three in that same game. 43 points. I think his grandfather died the night before. So it was kind of like a dedication game for him, Anthony uh, Simon. So kudos to him dropping that 40 burger. But Trey Young with the 56 and 14 assists, the only player to do it in NBA history. But they lost. And I was upset. (laughs) It's rough. That's a rough look. The Hawks have been going through it, as you mentioned. They've, uh, They've had a lot of people in and out of the lineup all season. They have the team on paper with everyone healthy. Have a good team, a competitor, even from what we saw last season, and they just can't stay healthy or can't stay out of COVID protocol issues. But Trey Young shows up. Good for him. Bad for him. They lost, <laughs> but good for him to put uh, some some numbers in the stat sheet. Um, finally, stat of or a game of the week. Yes, Your game of yes, the yes, week. Yes. What are you looking to bet this week? Five and three. Five, Five and three, Chief. We got a we got a winning record because we won last week. We definitely won last yeah, week. Listen, yeah. if you if you taking this money line bet of the week every week, you, you got two in a row right now. <laughs> We're we gonna try to make it three. We're gonna try to make it three. Now I know last week, you know that game. It was it was. I wouldn't say it was a tough one to, to decide on, but this one right here, this is a premier game right here, people. We talking Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets. And you wanna know who I'm rolling with? I'm rolling with defending champions, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis and the crew, Chris Middleton, the, the Boogie Oogie Oogie, DeMarcus Cousins. I'm taking them over who? The Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, James Harden and the crew. And I don't yep. think Kyrie will be able to play because I believe it's going to be in Brooklyn. But if it's not, if it's in Milwaukee, then maybe we will get an opportunity to see Kyrie. 
Cause I know and you'll get a better money line value. You probably will too. But guess what? I'm still going to roll. Even if Kyrie Irving does play, it's in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. So he won't play. I'm really going to take the Milwaukee <laughs> Bucks over the Brooklyn Nets. And that's your money line play of the week, folks. There you have it. That's five going to conclude. Oh yeah. Five and three, baby. We are five and three, two games above 500. And we're going to make it six and three this week. Thanks to Drew. Giannis and the crew. And that's going to conclude this edition of the Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. I am Zach B, Zach Badger House. That was my main man, Ben Wittenstein, in the house. You can both follow us on our social handles, respectively, of course. And make sure you follow at Points Paint. Make sure you follow it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to see these lovely faces of ours. You can follow Shams for all your NBA news around the association. You can catch Inside the Association with Cameron Smith, Shams, and the crew every Wednesday now. And you can listen to Tape Don't Lie with my main man, Michael Felder, all things football. I know the off season is going to be approaching, but he's still going to be dropping that fire podcast. So you don't want to miss their interviews or any of the uh, exclusives. And of course, let's make some money, folks. Right. I just gave you the money line play of the week where if you want some more bets, all you got to do is listen to Sharp Lessons with Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson. They come out every week dropping them betting tips that you're going to need. So you don't want to miss this final week of NFL regular season bets. But my man's been with Steen and Nate Jacobson. And that's going to conclude Points in the Paint. You will hear from us next week.